God is so awesome. He does all these things for us. We are just so grateful and thanking you for tuning in and to our service. And we're in Romans chapter 12 today from our devotional book. It's the passage that they write about in the devotional book, and we want to share that with you today. It is a very awesome passage of Scripture. I'd ask you to stand, but you're probably sitting at your house, so anyway. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy, prophesy in, a, in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. Distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. Romans chapter 12, 1 through 13. Let's pray. Lord, as we open your word today, we pray that it would speak to our hearts and help us, Lord, to realize that you are God. That is who you are. You're the way maker. Lord, you open the gates and you, you invite us in. You work miracles. You're going to be with us through this situation that we call a pandemic. Bless and encourage each one today, and we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2 mark a transition in Paul's letter from Christian doctrine to Christian ethics. The first 11 chapters in Romans are about the doctrine, about the, how does your life get transformed. And then starting with chapter 12, he tells us how do we apply that to our lives. This section is how do you apply it to other Christians. And then he talks about how do you apply it to those out in the world. And how do you apply it in living in government. And it keeps on going as we move through the rest of the book. The person who has been transformed by Christ must then show that change in everyday life. Paul likened that spiritual transformation to a living sacrifice. I beseech you by the mercies of God. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now the word sacrifice seems a little old-fashioned as a metaphor. None of us have ever brought an animal to church as an offering to God. That's just not something we normally practice here. 
And I don't know of any other Christian church that does that. However, sacrifice is part of the Lenten vocabulary. We talk about sacrifice during this season because we fast, and fasting is a form of sacrifice. During Lent, Christians give up something that we love to create more time with God. Or during Lent, we remove or sacrifice things from our life that hinder our life in Christ so that we can better be living for him. This year, sacrifice has taken on a new meaning as we have been asked to comply with stay-at-home orders or social isolation mandates. This type of sacrifice has been hard on many of us who are used to daily interactions with others. It has been hard on me. Believe it or not, I miss you guys. And uh, it's, it's been kind of hard. But the idea of sacrifice is not only for Lent or for virus containment strategies. According to Paul, being a living sacrifice is part of the daily life of a Christian. What does a living sacrifice look like in Paul's view? Well, his answer was contained in the rest of this letter. But we will begin with this passage on what it looks like in our relationship with other Christians. The first thing I notice is a surrendered life. We're talking about this presenting your bodies. And that's what Paul admonished in verse 1. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. Paul used this adjective, living sacrifice. And that's intentional and introduced an interesting concept for us to consider. Because all the sacrifices in the Old Testament were of dead animals. They were burned on the altar to God as offerings. And they didn't have a choice. They didn't have a choice. But as a living sacrifice, Paul is saying that we as Christians have a choice. As a Christian, I'm not deprived of my own sense of responsibility. I choose to surrender my life as an offering to God, or I can choose to stop surrendering my life and leave the Christian life and go back into a life of doing things my own way, which means disobeying God and surrendering basically back to Satan. It is a choice we must make every day. Paul commanded in verse 9, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. There is a moral choice between evil and good. Sadly, you and I have seen Christians who have made the choice to leave the Christ-surrendered life and to go back to serving Satan. And it breaks my heart when they do so. Every time it hurts. And I know it hurts God too as well. But while a living sacrifice can get up from that altar and walk away from a relationship with God, Paul's point seemed to be that the surrendered life is the Christian who chooses to present his or her life to God all the time, daily, every day, every week, every moment. I give my life to you. Our Lenten Postcards devotional writer that we've been reading as a church in this Sunday's lesson, he wrote, or she wrote about this issue. It is great that we have been saved and giving our lives to God. But then she writes, the call of Christian discipleship is to fix oneself to the altar in daily submission. 
dramatic singular acts of obedience are our value, but a daily life of faithfulness is better measured by the small, consistent yeses to Jesus in the ordinary days that make up our lives, end quote. What you're saying is, it's the daily life. It's being the living sacrifice and saying yes, yes, yes to God all the time. That's what we're talking about. I must admit that I have not enjoyed the changes this current pandemic has forced on me. Many of you are having the same feelings. Some are working from home. Some may even be quarantined or quarantining themselves. Some are just not liking what's going on. They're isolated. Kids are out of school and back home, and so that's making some parents have to deal with things they normally don't have to do with. But my routine has been altered. I'm finding it hard to minister in isolation. But I'm not going to leave the altar. I'm going to stay. I'm going to keep pressing on. I'm going to keep presenting my life to God every day, even though it has been difficult and trying to adjust to this new normal. Paul started with a surrendered life. That's where we have to be, even during this kind of a situation where we don't like it. We have to stay surrendered to him. So he talked about the surrendered life, but then he wrote about a renewed mind. Because God not only changes what we do with our lives, but he also changes what we do in our minds. In verse 2, Paul wrote that the Christians are to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Much of the battles of life occur first in your mind. Temptations, doubt, pride, jealousy, hate, desires, wants, all these things start, all kinds of things like this. They start in our mind, in our brains. If a Christian is going to do the right thing with their bodies, he or she has to start thinking the right way in their minds. And since we have been programmed by sin for many years, to think wrongly and selfishly. God has to do a transformation mentally in our minds. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Paul says. But again, we have a choice. We can hold on to our old habits of thinking or allow God to renew us mentally to new ways of thinking. Why do we need our minds renewed? Paul gave the reason. He says, so that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Without a spiritual mind renewal, you and I will struggle with doing God's will. We'll resist it. It's as simple as that. That, That's just the way it is. We have to be reprogrammed by the renewing of our mind. Because if you want to sin, you're going to struggle with temptations. If you want to hate, you're going to struggle with giving forgiveness. If you want to be noticed, you're going to struggle with pride. If you want to have possessions, you're going to struggle with wants. If you struggle to trust God, then you're going to live with doubts and fears. The the way we think is the way we are in our spiritual life. We're going to struggle unless we get that mind renewed. It's not enough just to be saved. You also have to be renewed. You have to think differently. So to prove that God's will is the best way to live, your mind has to be renewed. If your brain isn't rewired, you will struggle with doing God's will. You will resist him. 
Instead of resisting temptation, you'll be resisting God. Now take this current crisis. Many people have commented that they notice the actions of people and how they're reacting to the crisis. Some people are full of impatience. They're rude. Others are full of fear. Others are are full of selfishness. And you can just see it. And that's the way they're reacting because their minds are stuck in self-mode and preservation and different things that they are focused on. And then there's others with a new mind who, who are looking at others with compassion. And they're, they're looking out with concern about what's going on. Or they have goodness in their attitudes. They're caring about others. And not just about their, their own self. Again, to be honest, I've had some emotional issues during these two weeks. I like structure. I like my routine. Debbie and I have discussed this because I'm not used to being out of this. I like my box. I like everybody to be in the box. I like things to go the way they're supposed to go. Come on, what's the matter with everybody? And it's, it's tough. I don't like being alone all the time. I don't like leading through emails and texts and phone calls. I don't like preaching to empty chairs. It's just not something that I'm used to. I don't like this hazy unknown of how, how long this mess is going to last. I don't like it. I want things in structure. I want things normal for me. And I've really had some emotional issues about it. So I've had to open myself up to God's mind renewal. I've been praying more. I've been praying for you. Praying for myself. I've been journaling. I've been trying to deal with what does this say about me that I'm struggling with these things. I'm trying to make some changes and think more outside the box and do ministry in different ways. I'm not normally a person who calls on the phone, but I've had to do a lot of that now. But Paul's words in this passage sound like they could have been written for us today. When we think about renewing your mind, look at verse 3 because he says, uh, not everyone should think more highly of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one in a measure of faith. I mean, we need, to, we need to work on how we're thinking. And then how we interact with others. He said, verse 10, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence being fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints and given to hospitality. I know you can't do the hospitality part right now, but these rest of these things are really speaking to us in this crisis. They tell us that we can still be Christians, praying for each other, encouraging each other, what a list. Each phrase is a lesson on what a renewed mind looks like in the Christian. So we need a surrendered life. We need a renewed mind. And the third thing Paul says we need is an active ministry. In verses 4 through 8 that we read, he talks about us being one body in Christ and, and having many members. And then he talks about different um, workers in that, the teachers, the leaders, financial givers, the caregivers who have gift of mercy, and so on. And we are each individual parts. 
that when united in ministry, we make a difference in the lives of others. We are a church, we are a body, we are a group, and we need each other. Even though we can't assemble together, we still work as a body of Christ. The praise team members are ministering to you. I'm trying to minister to you. Together, others are calling. Maybe they're sending cards or giving texts or posting things on Facebook. We're trying to minister to each other. Some are giving food and taking groceries and doing other things. And I'm hearing some stuff. And I'm really grateful about it. So, so some of you are really creative in your ministries during this crisis. Finding ways to check on each other. Some are reaching out to our children or to our teens and adults, sharing encouragement and Christian love. Christians are to be active in ministry. We are not to spiritually isolate ourselves from each other because of some virus. Physically, yes, we are to isolate, but spiritually, no. We have to minister, find ways to share Jesus and the love that we feel for each other as a body of Christ. You can't see each other maybe in person, but you can minister to others. Find a way to keep ministry going. And that ministry will be sacrificial in many ways. It's going to take some time and effort and creativity, things we're not used to. It's easy just to see each other on Sunday. But if you are stuck at home, you have a lot of time to get creative. I'm waiting for somebody to draw me a picture and send it to me. I don't know. Draw it for somebody else. Find a way to get creative, to let people know, I care about you. And I hope that you're going to spend some time each day in purposeful ministry, finding a way to show someone the compassion of Jesus through you. And when you do, it will make you feel better. I've heard a lot of people say they appreciate what different ones are doing to reach out to them during this time. It makes them feel better to reach out. It makes the recipient feel better to know that someone cares. So an active ministry is the third thing that Paul is writing about here. God called you to love God with your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and to love your neighbors yourself. He said in Luke 10, 28, do this and you will live. Now, many of you have chosen to make sacrifices to God during Lent. Others of you have been forced to make sacrifices because of state and federal mandates. I'm with you. Life is not easy for most of us right now. So will you join me and accept Paul's challenge to the surrendered life, to a renewed mind, and to an active ministry? That's what I believe God's calling us to do. And this passage just worked right into to what we're facing today. So join me. Keep your life surrendered to God. Keep your mind renewing, even when you don't feel good. Look at your attitudes and change them. Make yourself start focusing on the good things that the people are doing and, and the good verses of Scripture and the good Christian songs. And then be active in ministering to someone else because they need it as well. It's family altar time. So let's pray about these things this morning. You pray with me at your home or wherever you are. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time of sharing together. As we go through this Lenten season, the scriptures are kind of laid out for us. 
but they seem to be so focused on some of the situations that we're going through. And so, Lord, we as Christians need to keep our minds and hearts stayed on you, to keep focused on you and not on the peripheral and not on all the bad news and not on all the problems. But, Lord, can we keep surrendered to your will? Can we keep our minds renewed on fresh things from God? And may we, Lord, continue to find a way to minister to someone else because that helps us to feel like a Christian when we're ministering to someone who is not getting ministered to. So help us together as a body of Christ to perform these kind of things for ourselves, for the church, and for our relationship with God. And I pray, Lord, especially for that person right now that's really struggling. Life is not easy right now. Would you minister to him? Would you minister to her right now? That one that's struggling, that teenager, that child who's not able, able to come to church anymore, would you be with them? Their life has been uprooted and changed. And we pray that you help each one of us to find a way to share Jesus to each other and to someone outside of the church that needs you. We thank you for this time. Now continue be with us, Lord, as we worship you. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. a place where mercy reigns and never dies and there's a place where streams of grace flow deep and wide where all the Sin washed. 
We're so glad you tuned in today, and we want to know that we miss your faces. <laughs> I know I do. Um, this is the part in our service where we want to remind you that you can give online. Many of you have done so this week, and I know the church finances are greatly appreciative of that. Many of you have mailed your checks, and some of you have dropped them by. Any of those ways are acceptable, and we appreciate you giving to God and to the local church. Like the pastor said, many of you are reaching out, and we uh, encourage all of you to do that. Staying connected. Connected. Being connected to the body of Christ is something that empowers us. So if you're feeling a little lost during this time, call somebody up. And I can tell you that they would probably talk a while and give you some encouragement. So keep doing that. And you can also look on our, our website for, <clears throat> excuse me, Sunday school lessons for children. We've been kind of using some professionals to help us with that. Um, they will tell you maybe to draw a picture or something, and we encourage you to do that. That makes, for your children, makes uh, the Sunday come alive. I know Megan has put out things for the youth to do, some challenges. So remain connected in all those ways, and we'll be coming up with some new, fresh ideas to put on our Facebook page, so you'll want to stay in, stay tuned, and make sure you get all those. I hope you enjoyed this morning's service. God bless you as you are working through different things in your life right now that just some tough times. Pray for each other. Encourage each other. And remember, God loves you, and so does Brazil Church of the Nazarene.